Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Episode three, I want to talk to you today about counsel. We do care, counsel, and resources for pastors, and so it's that middle one, counsel. Um, What do I mean? Let's pray. Father, just thank you for your grace. Um, You're just so kind. And I'm going to talk about two big questions today for pastors, and we need your help and guidance um, to consider these things. These two questions are about calling and then the work. Okay, who is a pastor and what does a pastor do? And uh, help me to answer those questions clearly and uh, and be as biblically faithful as I can possibly be. Just help us. I trust you all. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Two huge questions for pastors. And I've wrestled with these over the years, and I'm sure you have as well, and probably have some really good thoughts. Um, and I'm hopefully just going to give you some language to try to uh, get some answers to these two questions. Who is a pastor? That's a big one. Who? identity. And then what? What does a pastor do? So what is the work? And the way I kind of frame this up, and, and hopefully this will kind of give you some handles to try to to try to work through these things yourself. Uh, the way I kind of frame this up is through, through two different means. Number one is the five callings of a pastor. The five callings of a pastor. I can say it like this, man, being a pastor is really cool. I love it. First uh, Timothy 3 verse 1 calls it a noble calling. Being a, an elder pastor, is it's a call of great nobility. But let me tell you something way cooler than being a pastor. Being a Christian. <laughs> Sounds simple. Um, but unfortunately, it's not. You know, if, if there are prerequisites to being qualified to being a pastor, then I think it'd be safe to say that there are callings of greater nobility than the call of being a pastor. Um you know, most of the pastoral failings that I've seen and, you know, goodness, you've seen it online. You've seen it locally. You've seen pastors that have failed morally or just quit. I mean, just got exhausted, tired, burnt out, and they just were done. And for example, I had a young guy that came by uh, a while back, went to talk pastoral ministry. And I, I told him that I knew one pastor personally, just one, who started and finished ministry well. And listen to these measurements of what I meant by starting and finish, finishing ministry well. He still loves Jesus. His wife still loves him. His kids respect him. And he didn't have a moral failure. Like those four things. That's not a big deal. It doesn't sound like sound very hard, but he's the only pastor that I know that started ministry and finished well. He's a mentor of mine. He's fantastic, but he loves Jesus still. His wife still likes him. His kids adore him and he had no moral failures. And that is I mean, that's huge. That's amazing. That, I mean, if I could get to the end of ministry and, and those things could be said about me, then that's success. I mean, that's huge. But what I've noticed is that this calling thing has led to so many pastors failing, falling, um, burning out, and because they confuse pastoral ministry with their identity. And it's not. It's not your identity. It, it's way down the line of your callings even. So let me just go through these five callings real quick. The first calling of a pastor is not the work of pastoral ministry. It's the calling of being a son of God, a child of God. You are in Christ. And if you've got bored with that, the fact that you're a Christian, that God has saved you, then I want to call you to reconsider the reality of the gospel of Jesus, the finished work of Christ. The degree to which you saw yourself to be a sinner 
is going to be the degree to which you are amazed and astounded at the grace of God. If you don't think your sin was that big of a deal, your rebellion was that big of a deal, you're never going to see the cross as a big deal. It's impossible. And so I want you to reconsider your first calling and a prerequisite calling of greater nobility to being a pastor elder is the fact that you're a Christian. You're, you're in Christ. Don't, I mean, don't miss that. That's your first calling. Secondly, if you're married, your calling is to the work and the great noble task of husbandry. I have the privilege of being married to an amazing woman, Jordan. She's awesome. We've been married for eight years now, and which for many of you I know is not very long at all. But we all need to be reminded. I mean, this isn't something that comes by experience. This is just biblical, that your calling as a husband is more important than your calling as a pastor. God has called you to be a husband before he has called you to be a pastor. And then this third calling is that if you have kids is to be a father. Uh, you're called to be a dad. And being a dad is way more important and it's way more fun and it's way cooler than being a pastor. And I tell you what, if you don't get that, you're going to have a lot of people praising you, like all the church people and all the people in the community about your sacrificial giving of your life. And everybody's going to sing your praises in the community and in the church, except Jesus and your family. And that's not a win at all. So your third calling is to your kids as a father. Your fourth calling is to your friends, is your is friendship, this calling of friendship. Jesus laid his life down for his friends. He modeled biblical friendship. I mean, he's Jesus and he was a friend. He knew how to joke. He knew how to um, make breakfast for the boys after, after the resurrection. He spent time around the campfire. And I know, hey, listen, I have a family and kids. It's very hard to do, but I'm still growing as a friend and learning to be a friend. And here, here's the deal. If you're not a friend to anybody, you're not qualified to be a pastor. You can't. Um, you can't be maybe a, a, some sort of leader or CEO, and we'll talk about some of those things, but not a shepherd. If you don't know how to be a friend, you cannot be a shepherd. And then fifth down the line is this calling of being a pastor and being a pastor is great. It's amazing, but it's just not nearly as cool as those other callings that I just talked. So if you get those confused, the fifth calling, I am a pastor. That's my calling. That's who I am. If you get that fifth calling confused with the first calling, I am in Christ. I'm a believer. You will not finish ministry well. And so I want to reorient you. I want to call you to remember Jesus again and just consider childlike faith resting in the finished work of Christ. Don't ever get bored with that. By the grace of God, don't get bored with that. Uh, and then, so who is a pastor? A pastor is a man first who is in Christ, called to be a, uh, if he's married, called to be a husband. If he has kids, called to be a father and then called to be a friend and then a pastor. What is the work of pastoral ministry? Uh, I've kind of framed this with these seven pastoral priorities in a future podcast. I'm going to get down to the details and kind of explain where these came from. But when first Corinthians three and Titus chapter one, I mean, not first Corinthians, first Timothy chapter three, Titus one, first Peter five, uh, Ephesians four, Acts chapter 20, uh, Acts chapter six, we get, we kind of get this biblical view of shepherding. And let me just explain it. Number one, first pastoral priority is just, being a Christian, spiritual disciplines, growing in the faith, repenting of sins. I mean, it's just like this calling piece. You just, you're a Christian. So grow in Christ, grow in repentance, grow in humility. I had a conversation with my wife last night. We were sitting around a pool, a pool with some friends. And she said, I was in the conversation. I was kind of self-absorbed and I need to, I got to repent of that. I was just out running this morning and praying about it. I got to grow in that. And and friend, pastor, you, you're the same. I mean, this is frustrating. It's And then like 
And then false humility. I might be telling you this right now because I'm convinced that I really am humble. I don't know. But I, we, we have to, as pastors, grow in Christ, grow in repentance. Just the simplest thing of, of, of the first pastoral priority is to love Jesus and grow in him. Uh, second is to shepherd your own family well. If you can't shepherd your family, I mean, shepherding your family is the work of a pastor. I mean, that's, that's pastoral ministry. When you go home, you're not off the clock. I mean, pastoral ministry starts out from the home. It doesn't start from the, from the church and into the home. It starts from the home in our life. That's who we are. We shepherd the people around us. So the first people we shepherd is shepherding your own family well. Um, three, uh, the third work of pastoral ministry is a, is a, a third priority is a commitment to expositional preaching and teaching of the Bible. Preach the word, not your word, the word. We sit under the very word we preach. We don't come to the word with an authority inherent within ourselves. We submit to an authority and we sit under the preaching the same way our congregation does. So we preach and teach the Bible. Fourth is uh, a commitment to the fourth pastoral priority is a commitment to relational depth over width. You guys have all known pastors who know everybody, but don't really know anybody. They may have an accountability partner or group or something like that, but really it's just enough to defend that they have accountability. It's not real accountability. It's like, you know, kind of like a scorecard you can kind of point to and say, look, look, I've got accountability. And so you can kind of defend yourself, but it really isn't accountability. And so elder teams, and if you don't have elder teams, you've got to find a crew in your church. And, and we'll talk more about that again in the future, but um, model relational depth, have some really good friends in the congregation. Don't be the pastor who just kind of bemoans the fact that you're always lonely. You're modeling loneliness for the congregation. And if you deal with depression, I'm not talking about clinical cases and stuff like that. I'm talking about this kind of um, self-imposed martyrdom that, that a lot of pastors put on themselves, that it's just, it's just a lonely road. We're doomed to never have friends. Blah, 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 blah. Get some friends and model relational depth over relational width for the congregation. Pastoral priority number five is to disciple men. Uh, guys, in the end, God builds disciples, but he's commissioned us to make disciples. I mean, he's faithful to grow his people, but you got to make disciples. Get to, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's getting a group of three, have a commitment to being discipled and making disciples. So who is discipling you? Who are you being mentored by, discipled by? And then who are you discipling? Model this for the congregation. Model discipleship. Pastoral priority number six is to practice fellowship and hospitality. So there's kind of a subcategory there. Fellowship, you got to know your people. So as much as time allows, get in their homes and have them in your home. Practice pastoral visits. It's an ancient work. It's not going anywhere. Well, younger people don't like getting pastoral visits, blah, blah, blah. Go out to coffee with them. Spend time with your people. Be present. Uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. A huge part of pastoral ministry is just being there, being present. You don't have to say anything. Just, just be present and know your people and let them know you as well. And then pastoral priority number seven has some subcategories as well. It's practice and do weddings, funerals, hospital visitation, and pastoral care counseling well. Uh, be committed to that. These are ancient practices in the, in this, in the history of the church and, and rooted right in the scriptures that, again, are not going anywhere. And so if you need help answering those questions, who is a pastor? What does a pastor do? I would love to talk to you about that. Call, text, email, reach out over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and let's set up a time to talk 
either uh, online through a video chat or a phone call. We can set up a session and you just pay what you can. This is a pay what you can model. If you can pay nothing, pay nothing. If you can pay more, pay more. But I want to help you answer those questions and give you some pastoral counsel to get some answers and some handles. And then the hard part, after you get the language for pastoral ministry, and I tell you, it's a lot easier to talk pastoral ministry and talk identity than to live these things out. That's a lifelong pursuit, but at least you can get some language for it. And I would love to help you help you do that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.